Welcome to the Tennis Addict Podcast, the podcast for tennis fans by tennis fans. Listen as the hosts break down the latest news and tournament results from around the tennis world. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced early each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Here are your hosts, Mike, Eric, and Michael. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my co-host, Michael and Eric. Hello. Look at that. We're, we're live. Yep. All of us. <laughs> All of us and, are live in, in the same time frame. And it's going to be a little bit more consistent now. We, we kind of uh, talked it over, considering all three of us have completely different work schedules, days of the week, times of the day. Um, so this is going to be fairly consistent now. We're going to be recording on Tuesdays. So unless someone gets like sick or some other thing, it's, it's generally consensus that, you know, most of the time now there's all three of us going to be here as opposed to the weekends where crazy stuff happens, and especially with two of us have kids. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this is going to be kind of status quo uh, from now on, where 90 percent of the time you're going to get to hear all three of our lovely voices uh, or not, depending on if you like us or not. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we're going to hand it off to uh, my cousin Mikey. He's going to take the first set. And uh, uh, before, we in, before we get in, before we get into anything, I'll, hold on one second. Uh, I just want to kind of elaborate for a second on on this. Uh, one of the reasons why we did this, obviously, Eric, you alluded to the fact that it was a little more difficult for us on the weekends to get through um, recordings all together. Uh, but I just want to let people know, um, obviously, there's going to be drawbacks, right? Because given that we're not doing it on Sundays, we won't be able to get out our, our previews for tournaments uh, until – a couple of days afterwards. So tournaments will probably have started. Um, I'm not ready yet to kind of reveal a, a way of kind of counterbalancing that issue at the moment, but I am looking into a possibility where um, we may uh, come up with a solution is, is trying to get you guys the information when it comes to our picks and our previews for tournaments and stuff. And uh, that way you kind of get that information maybe before we do our actual podcast episode. But I'm not going to make any hard promises there. I'm going to look into it and then we'll let you guys know as we uh, come up with solutions. But on the pro side, though, because we're doing it on Tuesdays, it does give us a little bit more time for the recaps to go in depth a little bit more instead of you know, Sundays we record it two, three, four, five, six, whatever, as soon as something ends and you're, you know, trying to throw the episode together real quick and you don't really have as much time to do analysis because I don't always get to watch the matches actually, you know, having a four-year-old. So with this as well, I we're going to get a better in-depth discussions on, you know, the, the finals and who wins and, and be able to gauge. Cause even if I don't get better to watch reflection. it, on, yeah, yeah, well, if I don't get to watch it on Sunday, now I have, you know, Monday as well as part of Tuesday where I can watch the recaps, I can watch some footage and I can better say, Oh yeah, I didn't get to watch it, but she looked great, you know, looked great or something like that. I think now there's going to be, you know, a valid response from all of us. Even if we didn't get to watch the final itself, we'll have enough time. We better have had enough time. <laughs> you know, we'll find the time. That way, by the Tuesday episodes, um, I think we're gonna have better discussions. Right. It will provide it will provide more stats and things exactly. like that as we discuss the matches. Yeah. Uh, all right, Michael, why don't you take the news? Uh, we do have some news uh, this week. Absolutely, uh, fans. Welcome to the clay court season. We're already starting into the swing. 
Uh, in the news, though, uh, we have Juan Martín del Potro has hinted that he may be returning sooner than later after a hitting session on the clay courts. Uh, del Potro is attempting to return from the fractured kneecap, which we injury, which we have spoke about before. Um, to both of you, I think for me, um, I think the biggest thing with this is very similar to Nadal. He will probably find that the surface is a little more forgiving on the knee than other surfaces, and this might be an option for him. I still think that I would err with a very big side of caution here, though. Yeah, look, yeah, because uh, you're not going to want to rush it. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends, I guess, on how the knee's feeling. You know, he's going to finally pay attention to to himself. And the clay season's rather long. So he could always, I think he's going to maybe, if he feels great, I think he's going to come back to one warm up before Roland Garris. I don't think he's going to come back sooner than that. There's, there's really no reason because he did well. What did he get last year or the year before? Didn't he make quarters? Uh, he made Roland Garros semis. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he had a really good run, but was that last year or the year before? Last I can't year. I quite remember. That was last year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that it, it, for his best chance, I, I don't think he needs extra playing time. I think he needs to maybe play one warm up, do, what is it, Rome? That's right before. Pretty sure it's Rome right before yes. Roland yeah. Garros. Yeah. yeah probably play, play Rome. Then you have a week off and then you have Roland Garros. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably the best option. I, I really don't th- see him coming back for the next uh, – I mean, if he's going to come back at all in the clay season, it's definitely not going to be in the next week or two. Uh, and like you said, I mean, Eric, it's more than likely – if he comes back at all, I think the best the best um, example of, of his comeback – or at least the earliest I expect him would be Rome, but there's also a possibility that he may not even come back until the French Open itself. So yeah. it really is going to depend on his kneecap. But I do think by the time he gets to the French Open, he could be healthy enough to, to enter. Although, yes, he probably would like to have one clay court some, tournament some under match. his belt. <laughs> yeah, some matches under yeah. his belt. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But uh, you know, it's nice to hear that he is starting to hit again, and uh, things seem to be progressing. Agreed. Um, Dominic Team has suspended his relationship with uh, longtime coach Gunter Bresnik and has begun working with Nicholas Massou. To both of you, would you agree that this is in a line of him trying to get an additional edge on clay with Massou being a great clay court player? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I look, we've seen. We've seen players bring on other coaches onto their team, all right, and, and things have worked fine. I mean, look, go back to Novak, Novak, yeah, Novak, Novak Djokovic, <laughs> uh, Novak Djokovic uh, bringing on uh, BB Socrates uh, onto his team. And, oh well, I guess I probably shouldn't call him BB Socrates. Um, I was going to say nobody knows what you're talking about. So I was well, going to say you even threw me off for just a second, and then I was like, oh, I okay. I mean, look, uh, okay, well. Um, hey, everybody's confused now. So yeah. I'm going to jump in and go, I see it to a certain extent because Masu is, I mean, he's won Grand Slams on every surface, I'm pretty sure. He's not the greatest singles clay court player. However, you know, playing doubles, there's a lot of uh, strategy involved, and team is basically just a hit him off the court. And depending on who's available for coaching that's got some clay court prowess or background, you know, there might not be all of the best 
you know, players of, of clay courtness. Cause I mean, how many great clay court players are there that can coach right now? The doll's been doing this for 15 years and beating everybody. So there's not really a big pool of, Hey, I've got, you know, tons of grand slams and tons of clay court, you know, um, tournament wins because nobody else really has any. Uh, so I don't, I'm not like surprised if that's the case, if there wasn't a pool of singles players who did really well on the clay. Um, but I also see it from a strategic point because, you know, I, a team's younger and he's serves extremely hard, hits with extremely high topspin, hits really hard. But if you watch, even I've noticed he doesn't have the best strategy in terms of like uh, point, not point dictation, but um, point construction. Point, word. Yeah, exactly. You know, like setting up, you know, like Nadal, they all learned on clay and how to, you know, build the point around certain shots and i think teams just uh classic blast it until the guy can't hit it back so i think in that sense masu probably is helping him a bit on the strategy point well let me jump in here so obviously uh, i'll clarify that bb socrates is uh boris becker um We'll get to. Uh, I'll explain to that. Uh, I, I'm planning on uh, having us all uh, reread and review uh, Andre Agassi's open autobiography, which is uh, this will be its 10 year anniversary. So uh, maybe that'll be coming up again. But anyway, all right. But let me just explain here. Uh, look, I think um, it's, it's surprising if I'm being honest. Uh, other teams like Djokovic have brought on players like Becker with their longtime coach and things have worked out fine. Now, obviously, every situation is not precisely the same. So, yeah, there's probably a reason for this. But I'm a little surprised. Look, I mean, Gunter or Gunter, Gunter Bresnik has spent... No, it's, it's Gunter. Is it Gunter? Uh, he yeah. has spent many, many years uh, coaching team since he was a little kid. And I'm a little surprised by this. I have no problem whatsoever with him bringing on Misu. It's always good to get a fresh perspective. But I am a little surprised that they're doing this. You know, like it's a little, it's a little scary. Bresnik might not have liked the fact that he wanted to bring someone on. And and we don't know, but there could have been, as as an option, could have been a, hey, I don't, you know, you don't need anybody else, blah, 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 or just didn't like it. And it's a mutual him stepping down and go, all right, no, you know what? You think this guy's going to do better? You know, we don't know. There could be variables there where, you know, it could have been team just go, no, I want to go with this other guy. Or Bresnik wasn't happy of the fact that team wanted to bring in another person. We don't know how big people's egos really are. So, you know, I'm not saying that's it, but yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll get more information as time goes on. Absolutely. Um, and we'll see, results, if it's gonna work, we'll see if it's going to work out pretty quickly here as well. Because we, 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 should, we should know pretty quickly. We're, we're in the clay season. If he doesn't do what he did last year and is far worse, then you're, you're going to see it really quickly because we're in the clay season now. So okay. Agreed. Agreed. In results news, um, probably as surprising, would you guys agree, as anything, uh, Benoit Pair. Defeats Pablo Andohar 6263 to win the Grand Prix 2, Hassan in Marrakech, I believe is uh, yeah, how you yeah, pronounce yeah, that. Ma- yeah, Marrakech. So I think you guys would agree that Benoit Pair winning this out of the blue is a surprise, but even beating well, Andohar in a final, that's that's a good win on clay. It is a good win on clay because Andohar has gotten some, you know, he's he's a pretty good dirt baller himself. But the fact that Benoit Pair won. Yes, but let's be honest, Pair is very. Streaky. Hit or miss. <laughs> 
hit or yeah. hit or miss. And that, that was the surprise for me. Uh, just kind of out of the blue that he would even get through the draw and win a tournament was just surprising. Well, I think you have to remember too. I mean, Andahar is 33. Um, Agreed. So that also plays into it. Now, granted, all right, Benoit Paris 29, but he still is younger. And I'm more surprised by the scoreline as opposed to the actual win itself because the 6263 is a pretty convincing win, right? And uh, Pair, his you know he has weapons. His backhand is uh, world class. So you know he's a streaky player. I've seen him play really well. I've seen him look like uh, a disillusioned um, Fabio Fanini out there at times as well. So uh, he's well, just a, a mercurial player. And sometimes yeah. you get this pa- uh, pair as opposed to the crazy. Um, don't smashing care. rackets and yeah. throwing things. Well, back. I think there's a bit to do with it with the run up to the finals as well too. It, I think there's it's a lack of rustiness because you know Andor uh, didn't have a quarterfinals. He had a walkover because Vesley um, uh, pulled out, and then he beat Jill Simone six one six one. I mean, you're talking like barely was on the court and, and for any time, and then played Benoit Pair. Well, well, Pair beat uh, J- uh, Jamie Munar and then had a three setter, big three setter against Songa. You know, so I think there could have been a bit of, of that um, because otherwise, I mean, without saying that there was an injury or something, it is a bit surprising, um, the fact. But that's the only kind of correlation that I can do because, I mean, they played pretty well. Andahar served, um, you know, 68 percent, 170 percent of first serve percent uh, points. So it, it was much lower and the second serve points were really low at 36 uh, percent. But Pair only had one break. That that was it. I mean, um, sorry, sorry. Had uh, three breaks, and uh, Andohar only had one chance. So Benoit Pair just served a lot better, and I mean, just really outplayed uh, Andohar, and that's a bit surprising because Andohar has a better clay court record. I mean, Benoit Pair's only other title was in Bastad, and that was in 05, which still being outdoor clay, great. But you're talking two titles in his career, <laughs> four-year gap in between. Andor already has four, but he hasn't won any for actually quite some time. Last year, um, it was actually, no, it was last year. He he won Marrakech last year. So Andor was the defending champ. Um, and before that, he won Gestad in, in 14, in Casablanca in 11 and 12. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely an upset. But I think maybe the walkover and the easy win over um, – over Jill Simone probably played a part. I mean, these are guys who are used to playing all the time. I'm not saying I'm not being mean to them, really not. But the you know, it's lower rank players, dude. What do they happen? Like they get to the second, third round, fourth round, they lose, they fly to the next tournament, and they play qualifiers, and you got to play like you. You're literally playing all the time for the most part until you get ranked in like the top fifty, top forty, and you're getting you know seated buys and stuff, and you don't have to qualify because you're you know it's like top 26 top 30 you know and you really no longer have to qualify you're automatically in and a seed and you get a, a buy you, you got to play all the time you got to do your qualifiers so might be off topic i might be wrong but i think the lack of playing towards the end maybe have done it possibly yeah but good win for pair that's good yeah, yeah good for him good win for the french you know the notre dame just burnt almost to the ground they needed they needed one okay 
Benoit Paire pulled through for the French. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's a real salver to their <laughs> wounds. Well, I mean, okay. the good news, the good news on their point, and I'm off topic, but I only need ten more seconds. Was it's like six hundred million pounds of donations have poured in. It's already, um, yeah, it it's for that to get rebuilt, which is is pretty incredible. Though I don't think it's going to take that much money to rebuild it. However, uh, it's really great to see something like that. I mean, it's, it shows just how much that place meant to people. Yeah, it doesn't mean um, a lot. It means a lot to people. So exactly. again, that's, uh, our thoughts are with All them because right. it's awful. Back to you, Mikey. Sorry to yeah, – yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, on to the WTA side, um, American Aunt Amanda Anna Samova defeats uh, Astra Sharma, 166461, to win her maiden title at the Claro Open Colasantis. Um Colsonitas. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Colsonitas. Basically, uh, what I wanted to get to with that, uh, Anasmova's first title, um, obviously, with her being a teenager, this is another one of those upstarts. Uh, We know what she can do. She's got great firepower. She's got great variety. Um, I think it's just going to be a thing for her to build Mm -hmm. upon. Uh, I have seen some information that a lot of people said, well, she really didn't beat anybody there. Yeah, but there's a lot of tournaments that people don't beat anybody. So it happens. You can only play who you play. Yep. Right? Nope. And um, she shouldn't so, be so apologizing. Yeah, she shouldn't no, apologize for this at all. It's uh, it's a great win for her. It's it just is. A, it is it a great is. win. Um, and, and, and she plays some tough matches too. So it wasn't – uh, you know, it wasn't like she just, you know, cruised through the tournament. Um, she had some tough matches, played well, um, and congratulations to her. Yep. On to the second part and the last part of our news. Um, we finally found where Sasha Beijing has dropped. And Christina Mladenovic has hired Sasha Beijing as her new coach uh, after leaving um, Naomi Osaka. So... Quick thoughts from either of you with that pairing. Oh, not surprising. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the coach of the, uh, you know, two-time defending Grand Slam champion right now, uh, and she drops her like a hot potato. I mean, clearly she does stuff right. And Mladenovic, someone who's serious about wanting to, you know, climb to the top of that mountain, um, so she's going to, you know, I, maybe short lived, who knows? We'll see if it obviously doesn't work out. I don't think it's going to be a, a long strained relationship with Lodinovich like, Oh, you know, if it's not kind of immediate success, you know, Sasha may get dropped again, but it shows that she's pretty serious. Right. Yeah. And we got to yeah. remember Lodinovich was top 20 for mm-hmm. quite a while. Yep. Um, and has fallen way well off of that being injuries and things of that sort. But, um, I definitely think that he could add a lot to her game, although Mladenovic has a ton of variety already, probably one of the few players singles-wise that has amazing variety. Um, I find that there there is a lot that could be added to her game. And oh, I, think and Mike, she's, I mean, she's, she's only 25, so there's still lots of you know time. And, and she's tall as well, too. I mean, six foot. She's got the build for the game just needs that guy to piece it together. Yeah. I think she needs to focus on the things that, uh, she does well. What, what's the strengths of her game? She needs to start finding a way of taking those strengths and really applying it in such a way that, um, it forces her opponents to, uh, understand that they're going to get the best aspects of her game on a consistent basis. And she's simply going out there and kind of, 
I always feel like going through the motions and some of it's due to injury. I think some of it's just not understanding what she needs to do to go out there and succeed anymore. Uh, I think she enjoyed some uh, excellent success a few years ago. She broke through. It seemed like she was really going to be a real factor. And then just bit by bit, she fell off. Well, and, she, I think and, she and, just, and she can't yeah. she can't close it out. I mean, she has one title. Yeah, You've heard her name. How many times have we heard Mladenovic? Upset this person, upset that person. Yep. It's like she, can, she starts off good early with smaller tournaments. She does well. She gets quarters you know, semis, maybe finals, loses. And in the Grand Slams, I mean, she's been playing, don't get me wrong, not really consistently, but since 2012, she's consistently played, she's played every Grand Slam since 2012 from the French on. She's only made the quarterfinals twice in the mm-hmm. entire time. But we've heard her name, you hear it all the time because she does great at this one. It's like the big stage, she just can't, nerves or whatnot, she's just... It's not there. Yeah, she had two quarterfinal runs, but she's had more round 120. She's had more first round losses than she has any other round that she's made combined. Like if you look, I'm staring at it right now. And, and it's Mike, just a I think bunch that, of R128s. And Mike, I think that adds to what you said of going out there and giving your absolute best each time that you step on the court and being able to give the best of what you can give someone uh, opponent-wise each time and, and she isn't able to do that each time no right. she's not she's not she's not taking the strengths of her game mm-hmm. and utilizing them when she's out there uh she has lost the ability currently to go out there and take control of a match with her weapons she's just kind of hitting the ball and that's about it i mean it's just there's no structure to the way in which she's going out there and trying to play match to match so uh, it's just All right. not great. So we're going to uh, uh, agreed, agreed. And Eric, uh, on to set two for the Monte Carlo preview. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. So just got a couple of questions here. We're kind of breeze through, and then we're going to make our uh, picks. I, being lazy, I went from semifinals to the finals, but I think the other guys did four quarterfinals on. Well, from now uh, on, Eric, you're going to start doing quarterfinals to finals. <laughs> uh, or all we right. should just do semifinals and finals. Uh, but all right. So all first right. question. Uh, pretty easy to answer, in my opinion. But is Monte Carlo the most beautiful of the clay court tournaments? Yes, is mine. And uh, the quick 30-second rundown is because it is outdoors on the edge of the coast. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is so I mean, ridiculous. It's Monte Carlo. People don't realize how small Monte Carlo is. Monaco is like the size of Rhode Island or smaller, something like that. It's really, really tiny. But this is set on the edge. So when they're playing the tournament, you get that beautiful camera pan out towards the ocean. And I'm just like, ah, that'd be the place to be. Like, just I want to win the lottery, retire to Monte Carlo, and then every year, boom, right there. Um, But also, you got to wonder, is it really windy? That's the question I've always kind of perceived. I've watched, you know, Monte Carlo all the time. I've seen some flags. But you would think anybody that's been to the ocean, it is always windy for the most part. So – uh, that's my curious question for the inhabitants of Monte Carlo is, is it windy all the time or is it just me? Yeah, if we have any listeners out there and you live uh, in Monte Carlo or, <laughs> or you have even visited Monte Carlo. Yeah, if you've been there and like enough that you would know, uh, please uh, write into the podcast. Let us know because we would love to answer that question. It's a, it's a serious question. My, my goal in life is to become a resident. So I need to know about the wind people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, do you guys agree? 
yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, the pictures are fantastic. Been. I mean, probably. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't find a reason to argue it at this point. We've never been. I mean, now, is it the most beautiful? Which means if you look at Barcelona, if you look at Rome, you look at Madrid. I mean, Rome and Madrid are spectacular in their own rights. You know, you're talking about Spain and Rome and Italy. Yep. Um, but in terms of maybe just the atmosphere, I don't think many know the tournament. No other tournament is going to compete with we're on the edge of the coastline. So uh, yep. I think that's a yes. Yes. Number two. <laughs> Uh, is the fact that this is the first clay tournament for so many players this year. It's the first serious clay tournament. Yeah. Uh, is that one of the reasons that Rafael Nadal has won it so many times? I go yes and no. I go yes because Nadal doesn't need as much match playing time to get, you know, hit hot, hot play, hot streakness. But also, there's not many people that play Monte Carlo. I mean, back in the day, I mean, you'd have like, you'd have Roger sometimes. And then Djokovic didn't play it for the longest time. I mean, honestly, it is pro- it is the least manned tournament of the top 25 of the clay tournaments. Yeah. Seated, is what yeah. I meant to say. The least top 10 seated, top 15 seated. I mean, you, you have like two or three in the top 10, and then that's it. I mean, you have the top clay court players. Um, in the top ten that play, and other than that, nobody else even well, yeah, bothers. Because well, everybody else takes off from Miami and uh, Indian Wells. They they take the time off. They come back in you know Madrid and Rome, and then they go to Roland Garros. And to be honest, why would you? I mean, it all won it eight times in a row. I mean, you just like all right. Um, we'll just I'll pick up in Madrid. You know, the the one he's won only seven or eight times. Maybe I have a chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think so. Yes. And then how would you rate the field this year? Um, it's a little bit less in my opinion, only because some of the bigger clay court players aren't there. Well, Rink is injured. We don't have a Murray. Um, uh, who else was injured? Um, the knee guy, but, but Juan Martin Del Potro. I mean, Rogers actually playing, but not really. So it's one of those. I think this year we have the least number of clay court, um, uh, quality, quality clay court players like we've had in the past. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think you're right. It's just a little bit of a dip this year. and You know, it, it's been this way in years past. It's a bit of an up and down each, um, each year in a way well, yeah. because certain players are going to be injured. You know, you won't have Anisha Corey one year and then the next year, like, He'll be he'll be here like he is One this Murray, year. And, Murray in right. and out. You've got Stan, you know, with the knee injury. Um, you got Del Potro who made the semis last year, not playing at the moment. I mean, there's just a lot of but, people that are. But we do have a lot of young up and comers. That, that is accurate, which too. I, I think mean, is something. Got, yeah, you got you got the CC Potts and you got the Azure Aliasim. Uh, born a George. Yep, born a So I mean, it's it's kind of a combination of the old guard versus the new guard in in a lot of ways. So some of them are just we don't know <laughs> enough about them. We, they're kind of too new. Sitsipas is a known factor, but yeah. uh, how yeah, is guys, who knows? Maybe Alexander Zverev will show up. <laughs> that, that's uh, yeah. I, mean, <clears throat> I don't. I, I don't expect them to show up at this tournament. But Madrid. I'm just does, saying. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. It'll be. It'll be Madrid. So anyway, all right. So we're gonna move on to the picks. Uh, that's all for the questions this time. Now Mike's gonna take over for his picks from the quarterfinals on, and then uh, Mike, you'll go after, and then I'll finish up. Okay. All right. So uh, for the quarterfinals, I have Novak Djokovic, of course, you know, he's going to play well here. And I have him getting to the quarters and taking on Stefano Tsitsipas, actually. Tsitsipas really broke out on the clay last year. It's where he really made a statement. And 
I think that Tsitsipas is going to continue to play well. And I, I do believe that even though Novak Djokovic, I think he's going to win this match. It's not going to be an easy match. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the longest matches of the tournament. Uh, but I do think that it Djokovic scrapes by Tsitsipas in a, in a tight third set. Uh, next up, I have Dominic Team defeating Karen Hatchinoff. Now, I know that Karen Hatchinoff is out of the tournament. See, I made these picks yesterday. And uh, even though Hatchinoff is out, I'm going to stick to my picks because I just felt like I should. So uh, that obviously uh, means that my picks are busted, but that's okay. It's fine. Uh, then I have Felix Azur Aliasim defeating Borna Koric which is uh, pitting two of the younger players on tour against each other. And uh, that should be a fantastic match. And then uh, I have, by, by the way, Mike, uh, Hatchinov's out already too. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> I knew. Hatchinov is out and, and, and I know. Uh, he's already out. And then I had uh, had Rafael Nadal defeating Stan Wawrinka and uh, Stan Wawrinka lost earlier today, uh, having gone uh, up 6-0, 1-0 in the match before somehow crumbling against... Uh, Chichinado. So, anyway, uh, Stan is out. So, therefore, that is wrong, but uh, it's fine. In a lot of ways, it doesn't matter because I picked the people to defeat them anyway. So, it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. All right. So, then we get on to the semifinals. And I actually have an upset here. I have Dominic Team defeating Novak Djokovic in the semis. Uh, I wouldn't call that an upset. Uh, well, not on this surface. I not on this surface, but at the same time, Djokovic has won the last three Grand Slams. So, yeah. So, anyway, I do think, however, that it's going to be a tough but match. But played shoddy other than those slams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the spring hardcourt season wasn't great. Uh, but I do have team taking him out in a tough match. And then I have Nadal taking out Felix uh, Azur Aliasim, uh, making a great run to the semis. Uh, and then in the final, I have... Nadal defeating team 7-5, 2-6, 6-4 in an uh, excellent overall match between the two, uh, possibly a sign of what's to come for the clay season in general. And there you have it. So, Michael, why don't you take over and make your picks? Well, this is going to sound extremely uh, <clears throat> similar. Uh, <laughs> but Copy let's or... be honest, with, with, as we just talked about uh, how the field is this year, I think we're all kind of a little limited Interesting enough, I feel like the uh, the name that I just threw out there a few minutes ago is absent from all of our draws. Uh, <laughs> Novak Djokovic, uh, I have him as well uh, playing Pass with him defeating Tsitsipas um, as well. I have Dominic Team, my only surprise in my draw, defeating Cameron Nori, mm, not nice. Karen Hatchnov. Uh, that was the only one out of the ordinary that I had. Uh, in my draw, I have Borna Koric defeating Azur Aliasim, and then I have Nadal defeating Warinka. Obviously, Warinka is already gone. Uh, <laughs> in my semifinal, I have Team defeating Djokovic as well, <clears throat> and I have Rafael Nadal defeating Borna Koric, with Nadal defeating Team 7 5 6 4 in two close sets, but not sets that it looks like is out of Nadal's hand. Okay. Um, I just, I, I just honestly feel like for team, he's not yet able, I think physically to go against two top guys back to back and win yet. And I think that's the big struggle here. I just think that he will struggle physically to get through Djokovic and then beat Nadal as well. 
If he has an easier semifinal, well, then I give him a much better shot against the doll. But I just always feel like he's he, he leaves a little on the table when he's got to beat one of the top guys before playing the doll. But we'll see. Eric? I think I think team loses because you spelled his name wrong every time you typed it out. I, I, I typed it very quickly. Um, we... Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I, I had an hour to get ready for dinner, cook dinner, and eat it before sitting down to do this. So I... <laughs> all right. So all of our picks are are actually very similar, except all of us have a different person that Nadal faces. Pretty much. <laughs> in, in the semifinals. We all have Djokovic. Uh, I'm sorry. We all have team beating Djokovic. Uh, I have him in the first semi, team beating Djokovic. And then I've got Nadal beating Fognini. That's really? possible. Well, very, very plausible. That's a fun I match. Got, yeah, I, I've got I got Fognini coming through, uh, and and actually whipping some butt. Uh, and then I've got uh, Nadal beating Fognini clearly, and I've got Nadal <laughs> uh, beating Team uh, six three six four in the final. And and while my I agree with you, it's not that he can't beat two top guys in a no, row. No, I agree that he can't, but, but I always no, it's, feel it's, like he leaves a little on the table when he does. But that's not where I'm coming from. This he just lately he's not playing like he did, you know, like last year when he beat Djokovic. I think he beat Djokovic somewhere and then also beat Nadal for one of the tournaments and whatnot. Uh, when his first, didn't he? Or I, don't, I can't remember. But anyway, he's the only yeah. one to beat Nadal the last two years on clay. You know, like like and to do so, he was playing at extremely high level. I don't feel that he's playing near that level from watching what he was you, doing. You wouldn't say that even after he picked up the title in Indian Wells. No, no, because because hard, that's hard... that's very surprising to me. Uh, it it is, but then it's not. I don't feel like as I watched how he was playing, it's different on clay. So I just don't feel like he's there, but I could be wrong. Um, so we'll see. It just doesn't seem like he's been kind of the same guy lately. So I mean, yeah. and we picking up a new coach. So I mean, that's is is that not surprising as well too? He wins. Well, we all said that it was surprising. I only look at him taking the new coach as a sign of he's trying to get a little bit more of an edge on the clay. Oh yeah. Let's be cause... honest. We know that he is he is clearly. Maybe behind Djokovic, definitely behind Nadal on the clay court surface, but there's not really anybody else ahead of him. No. I mean, well, he is the clear not. cut probably three yeah. at this point. So he's got to look for something to give him more of an edge on the surface because there's not really a whole lot more to, you know, physically that I think he can do for the surface. I think it's going to be as well, Mike now, I mean, tactically, I think is the key for him on the surface now. Well, it is because if you look back at the finals last year against the doll at Roland Garros, his first set, he was throwing down 140 mile an hour bombs. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, if it doesn't connect, it's, a, it's like a knockout blow. It's like Mike Tyson throwing haymakers. All right. If he hits one, boom, point win. But if he misses, it's a lot of expended energy. And he's not great at constructing points against someone like Nadal. He's beaten Nadal before, yes. But that's more that he's just on fire bludgeoning the ball and Nadal's just not being able to hit it back. He's not playing on top of his game. When it's game versus game, Nadal's the master of formulating points and he can control them. And he's got, you know, another thing coming. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be teams his greatest. I don't think it's Djokovic. I think team is the more serious threat to upset him and beat him at Roland Garros than Djokovic right now. Even if Djokovic won the last three, it's different. And, and Djokovic can turn things around on a dime, but Djokovic's recent play 
is kind of something to worry about. Um, and I think it's something that could carry over into, especially if he gets beat. You know, he, he had a three-setter today. So, I mean, that's not top-form Djokovic right there. I mean, it's Kohlschreiber. Kohlschreiber's not bad, but it's three-setter against Kohlschreiber. Well, so. Who beat him two weeks ago or like a month ago? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's a hardcore, different. Hardcore versus Clay. Djokovic is like the clear-cut number two. You know, he's got – he already won a Roland Garris, made the finals many times – and struggling still. It's like a similar struggle that he already did get beat by Kohlschreiber and then now struggled again. It's not just because of the same person. I think there's some struggle there mentally, physically. I mean, you know, he's on the precipice of doing four in a row again. There's a lot of pressure now because you've done it once. Now it's almost expected. I got three. Should get four again. So we'll see if that has anything to do. But that's our picks. Everybody picks the dollar win. Um, two and two sets, one and three sets. Uh, we're going to be moving on to set three where my brother is going to take the lead. All right. So set three, we're going to try something different. Uh, we were going to debut this, uh, I think, maybe three or four weeks ago, but we decided to hold off at the time. So set three is going to be uh, a different beast of a set, and we hope to bring this up as often as we can. I, I can't promise that this will be a, a consistent thing from week to week, but uh, hopefully at least every couple of weeks we'll be able to th- uh, throw this out there and just do something kind of fun. And this is going to be uh, called Debate of the Week. So in this, we're going to try and throw out some kind of a question or a topic, and we're going to have two of us debate and see who gives the most convincing argument. So this week, the question is going to be, will Rafael Nadal win at least three three events on the clay this season, including Roland Garros? Now, I'm going to have my brother Eric and Michael. Uh, they are going to be the debaters. Now, naturally, you would think that my brother would be taking the uh, – Yes, <laughs> side of the debate. I would. I just don't have a choice. But he doesn't have a choice because <laughs> I, I, I chose for him to go with the no, and I chose for Michael to go with the yes. And I thought that'd be more interesting because, of course, Eric would be all about you know throwing out a, a two minute case on who, uh, or well, why Nadal would win. But uh, in this instance, I'm going to do the opposite. So the rules for this are pretty simple. Uh, the first person gets two minutes to state their case, and then uh, Michael. So Eric will state his case for two minutes. Michael will get a one-minute rebuttal, and then Eric will get a one-minute opportunity to uh, rebut the rebuttal. And then it will shift over to Michael, and it will be the same rules. And then at the end, I'm going to pick who has made both the most convincing argument initially, and then uh, based on also the rebuttals themselves. And then I'll declare the winner. But I also want to throw out there the possibility that if this is something that you like and you're interested in, um, to send in your feedback. And there might also be the possibility of me creating a poll. So in the future, when these happen, you can actually go and vote in the poll itself. So it might be something on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, that would actually be a lot of fun. And we can get uh, maybe the winner chosen by the people that listen to this podcast. So that is just something to throw out there. All right, but let's get started. All right, so uh, Michael, you're going to go first, okay? 
That's not what you just said. You said Eric was going okay, first. Okay, fine, Eric, you'll go first. Eric, you're going to go first. <laughs> no, I don't really care. No, I'm no. Start. We'll go we'll go with the no first. Eric, so I want you to state your case. You have 2 minutes and uh I have 2 minutes to come up with the most outlandish reason why Nadal's not going to win at least 3 tournaments. So, well, hold did- on. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you know when to start. Okay, on the count of 3, 1, okay. 2, 3. All right, so I'm going to spend a minute and 55 seconds in silence. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, for the reasons why he's not going to um, win three events, including Roland Garros, is because it's happened before. Um, it's very rarely happened. However, uh, two separate years, Nadal has only won two clay court tournaments. Now, if you just said two or less or less than two, I'd have laughed at you. But it has happened in 2000 and um 15 and 2016, he only won uh, two clay court tournaments both years. Otherwise, he's won three, four, five, or and so on. So it's not something that would be unheard of. Uh, it's happened before. Also due to the fact that he's been dealing with some injuries recurringly. Um, he hasn't yet played a match in Monte Carlo. That's tomorrow. So we really don't know quite up to, you know, how he's going to play. Uh, it could conceivably be he doesn't win because of the injuries and because someone like Timur Djokovic, who has beaten them before in clay, is going to do so up until Roland Garros. Now, he technically has uh, three out of five he's going to win. He's more than likely still going to do Barcelona. It's going to do Rome, going to do Madrid, and do Roland Garros. Uh, is the ch- chance that he uh, doesn't win three a high one? No, no. But since i got to take this side of the case, uh, I will say that uh, he's not going to win because of injuries and his opponents playing better than he is. Okay. It's uh, hard. That's like you know, the worst question you could have picked. Yeah, well, well, I'm not making it easy on you. Sorry. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, just clarifying, my rebuttal is what he talked about or rebuttal in no, – your, my... Yeah, okay. your, your rebuttal is you're, you're telling him why he's wrong but specifically addressing what he – the reasons he gave specifically. So you're not necessarily addressing – you're not stating what your case is. I got you. Is I got be, you. you understand? Go okay, no, go ahead. Give me, give me the clock. Let's go. All right, go. Okay. So in terms of what you had said, Eric, I I would agree with you on the injuries, but Nadal has said he is totally healthy. Not that he hasn't done that before, but he says he's totally healthy and ready to go. Uh, we will obviously find out within the next day. Secondly, I still don't think, especially here at this tournament and given you know the rest of the tournaments throughout the year, the draws remain to be seen. But at least here, I don't see anybody as a danger for him until he gets to the final. So – Obviously, I feel like he's going to be fresh getting to the final here, which gives him one title. And then, you know, three more events left to get to three. I think it's pretty logical that he gets to three at that point in time. Four. Okay. No, I mean at least three is what I mean. Oh, yeah. All right, Eric, you have one minute to rebut against what he just said. Go. I don't want to rebut what he just said (laughs) because he's right. (laughs) Well, you can't take that position, so you got to just come up with something. Uh, okay, so well, a you have the fact that Djokovic is gonna is you know three time, well not three time, but he is now the holder of three of the four Grand Slams. He has won Roland Garros before. You've got Dominic Team who won Indian Wells, uh, who did pick up a new coach in uh, Nicholas Massu right now for the Clay Series. So uh, I would say in terms of that, while it it's really up in the air, he says he's healthy, but I think Nadal's been injured since 05. I don't think he's like Tom Brady 
Okay, he's been on the injury report every week for like the life as he's been playing. The Dolls had something bothering him every tournament or every day of his life. So he says he's 100%, but I think we have different factors on what that means. Uh, so I still think that that the gap on him being the greatest of all time on clay is never going to be challenged, but the greatest player today on clay can definitely be challenged, especially with the injuries. I mean, he's had multiple ones. Okay, you're up. Okay, that's it. All right, <laughs> all right Michael, uh, it's your chance to state your case. You have two minutes. Go. All right. So the chances of Nadal winning three slam or three three clay court tournaments this year, uh, extremely high, just because of the track record we've seen previously. Um, over the last several years, we've seen him win at least, usually, two of the Masters Series events, as well as Barcelona and the French Open when he's won that as well, which has been pretty often. Um, so that there in the history of what we've seen. What have we not seen? We have not seen anyone step up yet. Dominic Team, the only guy in the last couple of years that has beaten Nadal on clay. You have one guy, one guy only, that has beat him in the last several years. Nadal has been in stretches where he's been unhealthy the last few years. And obviously, we've, we've still seen him come out and win anyway. So the point being, and the perfect point, at the end of last year, we finished the clay court season at Roland Garros, and Nadal destroys team in the final. Just absolutely destroys him. And what we had anticipated was going to be an amazing final where we were going to maybe finally see one of the, the young guys, one of the young guns, step up and finally challenge one of the top guys on their best surface. Didn't happen. Obviously, Djokovic is the clear other person to challenge Nadal going for the calendar slam now or for the the four slams in a row. Obviously, he's still not playing at his best yet. And in closing for me, over the last 13 seasons, Nadal has averaged almost 4000 points per season on the clay court surface. Who could say that about any other surface? Done. All right, Eric. I like the fist pounding. It was good. <laughs> He's as, as emphatic. Sorry, I had to accentuate that. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, tell me, tell me what's wrong. You have a minute. Go. You're not wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say this is really hard for those who don't know. This is my first time doing it, and I'm trying to go against on why Nadal isn't going to win three. And there's not a lot of new information to go off of. So I'm trying to think of something on the fly and it's not really working well, Mike. Um, what about uh, age, Eric? What about age? age. I mean, eh, not really. That's not going <laughs> to make much of a factor because Clay's, I mean, okay. So I'm, I'm trying to not, I'm trying not to be on the dull side of, of winning, but age can be a factor there. I mean, in terms of, of Nadal's gameplay, um, you know, team hits harder, has more topspin now than Nadal does. That has a lot to do with age. You know, it serves a lot faster than Nadal. You know, we're talking 140 to 143 uh, there. So it's going to be it's going to be a combination of team Djokovic. If anybody's going to keep him away, that's the only two. Because outside of Nadal getting injured mid match, nobody else is going to beat Nadal and Clay besides those two. And who do you think he's going to be facing in the finals of any of the tournaments? Basically happening. It's probably going to be one of those two. So 
that's going to be the highest likelihood of him not making it uh, is if he faces one of those two guys in the finals. If it's not, I, there's not really another rebuttal I can come up with okay. on, All right. on why he's not going to beat everybody else. And so. Michael, uh, you have one minute rebut his rebuttal. So obviously, there's too many rebuttals here. I, I'm no, no, no. We're ending it on this. So, so back for me then, really quickly. The reason that Nadal gets it, it's just weakness of the field on the surface. Um, we've said it. There are only a couple of guys that we really believe that can beat him, and he's probably not going to see them to the final. So unless someone, some crazy scenario happens, and someone can push him on the surface other than those top couple guys, he's not going to have a tough one till the end. Um, and for me, too, I was talking about the points. Um, the only guy that is even currently playing right now that has even remotely got as many points uh, on the clay court surface is Stan Wawrinka, and he just got beaten in the first round of play at Monte Carlo. Okay. Done. All right. That's it. So, uh, all right. I'm just going to tell you guys, uh, I know this, this question wasn't easy. All right, Eric, I understand. Um, I, I, I'll get, even admit here, yeah. Mike, you loaded that on your brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did. All right. But, but I'm look. at least a fan. I'm, I'm at least a fan that's going to say that I can still appreciate what Nadal has done on the surface. Yeah. It, well, For well, Eric, it's, it's trying to go against everything he possibly well, is. Well, here's the thing. Here's the only problem I have with that. You should have made it four. <laughs> that would have been easier to rebut is the likelihood of Nadal winning four because he only plays five events and he's going to win four. Three is like, all right, unless he, gets, unless he gets injured or something crazy happens. Only twice is he ever not. And, you know, that was 15 and 16, 17 and 18. He won four and five. And he's just coming off of an injury, Eric. You could have pushed that really hard. <laughs> I, I think he did the same thing in 17, too. He came off, you know, he didn't I, I play. I know. In, that was what was easy for so. my argument. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, uh, the winner is going to be uh, Michael. I, I just, I mean, look. It, it better have been. It, it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eric, I'll make you happy because I, I chose him as the winner, which means that makes you feel like Nadal is going to win. Um. All right, so, uh, but look, I mean, Eric, look, this will be a... This, the, the person that argues against Nadal just rooted for him for 10 minutes. Be happy. All right. <laughs> exactly. Well, this this will be, you know, this will be a, a work in progress. Uh, we'll refine this as we go in the coming weeks and everything. But, but I think it was good. It's a fun it thing good. because it, it throws, it's a very structured, uh, you know, um, set. It's, it's yeah. a very structured aren't, thing. Aren't we kind you of know? copying what's that place on like ESPN where they just like around the or something where they argue for like I mean I seconds. guess yeah, I, I guess but, but you know it's kind of fun but they don't structure yeah. it that way yeah. well no because I'm anybody just saying, can throw it we're, we're yeah, just I'm just saying that's, that's what that's what it sounded or... like in my head yeah. yeah yeah but it's fun hey hey you gotta go with what works right it's fun hey it works I like it alright everyone Um, that's it for this podcast episode thanks for you know joining us and listening to us ramble on and uh, introduce new uh, new segments new concepts and everything yeah, new, new concepts concept in but I mean, next next week's going to be nice because we're going to have the recap of this. And like yeah. I said, again, more time to go over. So we get to talk a little bit more about path to the finals, better matches, uh, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then what do we got as the next tournament, guys? What's up next? Do you know? Do you know? Does anybody know? Uh, know? Barcelona. Yeah, of course, Barcelona. I was waiting for <laughs> Mikey to say because I don't think he would have remembered. But you, you really think I was going to throw that out there? 
I don't know if you'd remembered, but so there actually is more. Um, so there's Barcelona, there's the lesser known uh, Hungary, uh, Hungarian Open in Budapest. And then the next week, while there is no Master Series, there's a, a week off before Madrid. Uh, we will be recapping the following week to smaller tournaments. There's the BMW Open in Munich and the uh, Millennium Estoril Open in uh, Portugal. So, Would you say Munich, the, the only tournament on clay that Alexander Zverev can win? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm closing it on that. <laughs> and it's it's because he wants his beloved BMW. You know, German guys gonna get that German car, so why not? That's but right. Yeah, Barcelona is the next one up. Uh, so we will be going with our picks uh, along with a recap for uh, Rolex Monte Carlo. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you'd like to send in feedback, send it to tennisaddictpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think about our discussion this week. And, you know, let us know what you think about the debate of the week. Did you like it? Is it a, a cool new segment that we introduced? Uh, do you think we could refine it or make it better? Uh, and, you know, hey, send in your feedback. Who won the debate, in your opinion? And, uh, you know, Send us in your opinion itself, you know, which side do you fall on in terms of Nadal winning three or more events on clay this year? So uh, let us know what you think and send in any other ideas or topics of conversation you'd like us to talk about. And until next time, I'll talk to you later. And thanks for listening to the Tennis Addict Podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Tennis Addict podcast by Freaking Geeks Media. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to tennisaddictpodcast at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Manic or at FreakGeeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.